Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast and Shavua Tov. Today, Yishayahu Perek Lamed Bet, Lev, Chapter 32. Living is easy with eyes closed. Misunderstanding all you see. Do you ever imagine a situation in which a degenerate or corrupt person were elected to high office? to Knesset, to Parliament, to become a Prime Minister or President? Could you ever imagine a situation in which public culture was uncaring, politicians only thinking of themselves, where citizens saw society as fundamentally unjust or corrupt? Today's chapter, chapter 32, is a really beautiful chapter. It it speaks about justice and it speaks about leadership. And the way that the king, the leaders, can foster a society of justice or alternatively can absolutely ignore um, those sorts of priorities and society can become callous and heartless and unmoved and unconcerned for those sorts of values. So those are the two options that we have in our chapter. Some of the language and some of the themes uh, we've already seen in Sefer Yishayahu, uh, but it seems like, you know, as with many themes in the Sefer, which have visited over and over, um, we're going to talk about issues that that are at the heart of the, the, the prophetic concerns. So let's begin and read together. Maybe we'll find, you know, maybe you'll also have certain lines which are evocative for you, just like me. Hein latzedek kimloch melech. Behold, the king rules is meant to is is appointed to rule with righteousness, and ministers are meant to govern in justice. And when the king is like that, and when the officers are like that, then that person, every one of the officers, or maybe the king different Mepharshim go in different directions, will be Kemach Ruach, will be like a refuge from the strong wind, or a shelter from the rain in Zion, or like shade, shade of a rock in a parched, dry land. In other words, when the king is righteousness and when the government turns to justice, then they will offer protection. They will offer protection from the wind and from the sun and give uh, moisture, you know, in a dry land. And the eyes of them that see shall not be blind. And those the ears of those who here will actually listen. And I think this is my favorite Pasuk of the Perak because you can hear without listening and you can see without taking notice. Now, I was thinking about that line of John Lennon from Strawberry Fields where he says, living is easy with eyes closed, misunderstanding all you see. Well, if you're seeing, then what does it mean your eyes are closed? And this is exactly what Yishayahu is saying. Yishayahu is saying that some people, they 
hear, but they don't listen. They see, but they don't take notice. And uh, in his book, Future Tense, Rabbi Sachs talks about the notion of listening as being a religious act. He even says that in English, almost all our words for understanding or intellect are governed by the metaphor of sight. We speak about insight, hindsight, foresight, vision, imagination. But he says, in Jewish tradition, we actually talk about Tashma, come and hear, Shema Mina. We learn from this, the notion that Shema, which is so central, is the idea of listening. Listening can just be to hear, it can mean to obey, it can mean to understand, it can mean to internalize, to respond in action. So the idea of, uh, of listening is really at the, at the heart of Judaism, or, or maybe let's say taking notice, seeing, listening, all of these things are, are, are critical. You can't have justice if you just, uh, there are things which you tune out. And in a minute, we're going to hear about exactly who does tune things out. So he says, once these leaders are going to be tend towards justice, they're going to give you shelter, their eyes won't be sealed, their ears will actually listen and not just hear. And now in that environment, and then the minds of the thoughtless will begin to show understanding. And the tongues of the mumblers to Well, once people are listened to, suddenly they might become eloquent. And what are we going to say? They won't appoint leaders who are actually degenerate people anymore. They won't take a naval, a horrible person, a corrupt person, and call him a nadiv, and call him a, a noble, a prince. And they won't turn around and call somebody who is actually somebody who's just interested in living a party life. They won't call him honorable. Because the villains speak vil villainy. And they do evil things. They act impiously. They preach disloyalty to God. They leave the hungry unsatisfied. And they deprive the thirsty of a drink. In other words, there are people who just don't have food and drink. And the Naval, the evil person, right, who's been appointed, unfortunately, to be a leader, doesn't pay any attention to him. And he says, but But he's got terrible advice. He advises you to evil, to zimot, to promiscuity. He simply destroys the poor with all sorts of false promises. When the needy come to him to, to pour out their case. But the nobles have noble intentions and are constant in their noble acts. So here there's really a call for officials, for people in government to act well, to act correctly, to act compassionately, to listen and to create a public space, to create which, which really enhances the common good and which looks out for the vulnerable and the poor.
And this is why we see that the next few lines talk about Hashananot, the women who are um, benot botchot, these carefree women. In other words, these women, we're not sure where exactly do they live. Do they live in Jerusalem or do they live in Shomron? And we hear about the destruction that is going to befall the land upon this very, very luxurious leisure class of society. And I'm not going to dwell in, in, in what exactly happens to them, but they, they, rec- they, they really represent this atmosphere of people who simply are, have no, no care. They're disinterested. They're impervious to the suffering around them. They're absolutely detached and, and heartless because they're just interested in their standard of living. And these people who live in beautiful palaces, he says, Kiarmon Nutash, your palaces are going to be abandoned. Hamon Ir Uzav, after this great calamity, maybe the attack of, of Assyria, right? You're going to see the, the city abandoned and what's going to come in its place. So let's take a look. Vashachan Bar Mishpat. Justice shall be in the wilderness, even though there'll be destruction, there'll be justice. And as the Carmel, as the land, the agriculture comes back, we're going to have a Carmel full of tzedakah. And we're not interested in the wealth, we're interested in the, in the values. It's going to be, if you want peace, if you want shaket or betach, if you want quietness and security, what is the way to assure that? That is through tzedakah, through kindness, through my people will dwell, dwell in peaceful homes. They'll live in safe villages and towns and untroubled. In other words, instead of the nashim hasha'ananot, these elegant, carefree, high-living women, we're now going to have a just society, a society in which everybody feels they have a place where their complaints are receive an, a fair and honest hearing, and then society will live in some sense of harmony. And this is the image of Periclamid Bet. It's certainly an idyllic one, and it's painting an image of, you know, how how countries how governments should be looking after their people, the centrality of justice in ensuring that society can be harmonious. Quite an important vision to paint, quite an important goal for us to work towards. That's it for today. Thank you. Hitraot. Hitraot.